So listen, people, this is a podcast and we say it in the name. It's called Not For Everyone because it's it's really not. It's it's actually not. It's basically for me and Bobby. We're the guys who make it and we listen to it sometimes and we laugh. We make a lot of bad jokes, a lot of inaccurate information that we're giving out. So if you're like listening to this and you're trying to get some kind of like knowledge on movies a music and, and anything other than just the opinion of a couple of like guys in their mid thirties that are drunk and and just watching stupid shit for fun. That's all this really is, okay? So if you don't like it, fuck off and tell your friends because your friends probably would like it because your friends are cooler than you if you don't like this, okay? It's not for everyone. <laughs> Oh my God, we're at the very end of November, and I gotta say, I'm kind of glad we are. Yeah, you know, this was a this was a tough month of broness. Started strong. We'll find out if it ended strong. Yeah, yeah. It was. A, there's a lot of bro movies out there. I don't know if we really did touch on what people would consider bro movies, but again. Who fucking cares? This but, is our podcast. But let me ask you this. Um, I was thinking about this. As far as the subgenre of bro movies, whether it be buddy cop or... Right. We mostly just did buddy cops, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's all buddy cops. It's all buddy cops. So so tier two level or tier three or even tier four. So not the best of the best. Not the lethal weapons. Right. Not the diehards with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah, with a vengeance was the buddy one for yeah. sure. Samuel L. Zeus is buddy cop or bro centric schlock. Is it a is it a genre that you hold dear to your heart or how 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 what is your general feeling on this? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And I mean, it's a thing. It's a product of the eighties. Um, maybe it was big in the seventies too, but I think the majority of these films were made in the eighties, early nineties, and shit. And they're cheesy, and they still do make stupid buddy cop things, but they just don't have the same panache as they used to back in the 80s. And now, Jesus, just watching some of those movies, holy shit, they made a lot of bad fucking movies. I agree. I think it's like anything else. Yeah. It's like anything else. Um, you're going to have your, your hits and misses right? and everything in between, and that's what this is all about. It's about that whole spectrum. That whole spectrum of bro -iness. It's so bro so bro yeah i i mean i don't know i guess we pretty much did the bro of the bro i mean we had tango and cash you know it doesn't and that's the apex of bro member i think i think there's only like one legitimately really good movie in this that we watch out all these well don't spoil it yet because we don't know if it's going to be the one we're going to talk about tonight oh yeah actually let me take that back the two the two we got a very special double feature episode double this, feature brovember this evening it's actually uh, uh one o'clock in the afternoon this one in the afternoon. it'll be up by again the beautiful day outside and here we are. Here we are, sitting indoors. We got a window. In a stuffy little house. We can see downtown Austin from here. But you know what the biggest, uh, most uh, uh, jarring thing that I've noticed? What's that? Neither of us are hungover right now. Right? Neither of us are hungover. Listen to that energy. My voice, listen to my voice. My voice is not cracking, it's not snapping, it's not papping. I made that word up. But it sounds great. You don't sound like you just stabbed someone. It's true, it's true. I don't sound like I just stabbed somebody repeatedly. <laughs> We gotta watch that movie. 
What was that movie? What was the line? Adventures in Babysitting? No. The one with the uh, with Hulk Hogan and the strawberry guy. Oh, my God. I don't want to watch that again. I don't <sighs> remember the name of it. If anyone... I don't, I don't even know what to say about it's it. It's like an action movie with Hulk Hogan where he's doing like the whole commando thing. You stole my daughter. No, wait. It wasn't like that. It's like he had met his daughter and never known her before. And then she was really hot and like 20-something. And he was just like super badass Hulk Hogan. And Brutus the Barber Beefcake was in it. It was a theatrical wide release. Was it? No. Okay. I was going to say, I can't imagine it being that. But that's interesting that you bring uh, Hulk Hogan up because uh, let's tease next month. Um, I don't. I have been. I've been kicking around a title for this theme. And then, by the way, mm-hmm. next month we got a theme I'm about to announce. January we're going to do audience recommendations. Right. So whatever and you want us to watch. February. Tell us we might. It's back to regular programming. Really? Maybe we'll do some. Uh, Wait. What is our regular programming, Bobby? Whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Okay. So I guess after audience, like I'm not no slave to no requests. themes. Yeah. Or audience requests, except in January. But December, December. Here's here's the title I've been I've been kicking around. Let's hear it. This is the first time I'm hearing it. Wrestling with the holidays. Wrestling with the holidays. Oh yeah, perfect. It sounds good. It sounds. That's good. all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. That's all we need to say. Hope yeah. everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did you have a good Turkey Day, people? Did you eat some bird? Lots happened in your life. I'm assuming. I crashed a couple Thanksgivings. Um, it okay. was good. It was fun. You know, I ate their food, um, ate their brownies. Now, did you know these people? Yeah, 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 yeah. They know me. They actually wanted me there. I had like four different invites for Thanksgivings, and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll hit a couple of these up. You know, stuff myself. I hung out with my boy all day on Thanksgiving Day for the majority of the day. It was a lot of fun. Ate some smoked ham. Ate some turkey. Wait, wait, wait. We'll back up. Yeah. Smoked ham? Smoked ham. That's not a staple of uh, of Thanksgiving. That's an Easter dish. It's a staple of delicious. I do love ham. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, you can eat ham at Thanksgiving. There are different kind of holidays, Bobby. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. This is what I teach my kid. There's candy holidays and there's feast holidays. I, as a child, always like the candy holidays because you're a kid. I think that those can kind of overlap or be They can. They certainly can. Easter, Easter is both. Christmas is definitely both. Yeah, but they're to me as a grown ass and ever growing and expanding man. Um, I would say the feast holidays are my favorite. Ramadan, you don't eat anything. <laughs> That's why I don't celebrate Ramadan. I like Thanksgiving where there's lots of meat. There's turkey. There's ham. There's green bean casserole. There's sweet potatoes with honey in it. Oh, geez, Louise! I ate till it hurt, and then I ate a little bit more. But luckily, that was two days ago, so I don't still feel half dead. We were kind of talking about. Um, turkey before we ate thanksgiving uh, on like wednesday mm-hmm. it was like me and my girlfriend and her family we were talking about turkey and we're like oh, are you guys a fan of turkey are we a fan of turkey who's actually a fan of turkey i like turkey i think everyone likes turkey right but i feel like that tradition comes from a time of like famine and hardship wait so you're saying that people only eat turkey because it used to be easy to make because they were didn't have anything else to kill and eat kind of I'm, I'm more like saying like i don't think that people that held turkey on a pedestal like like it seems that they did yeah have ever tried a steak no i mean what no that doesn't make sense i mean look the turkey is a traditional thing and you're right it's like weird because like turkey is the thing you have at holidays steak's the thing you have every fucking tuesday right but the pilgrims couldn't go down to sizzler and, and try a delicious <laughs> prime rib and like they hadn't, they had never been able. Uh, you can't chase a dragon that you've never caught. 
But so wait, you think that these people have never eaten steak before? I don't think so. Which people? The pilgrims, where where uh, where uh, fucking Thanksgiving originated. Oh yeah, 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 probably so. Back then, fuck yeah, they didn't have maybe no a cows. buffalo steak. Cows didn't exist back then. And everyone knows buffalo. Sorry, sorry, healthy people. Buffalo is not as good as regular fat marbled cows. Sorry, bison, we killed you all. Whoops. Actually, I heard they're coming back. Yeah, making a big comeback because no one wants to fucking eat them anymore. Right. <laughs> They're like, we got cow. Why the fuck are we going to eat this shit? It's like, I'm going to go get a fancy buffalo burger. Like, Shout out to all the factory farms out there. I'm a big fan of Booyah. your sweet, delicious glazing marbling. Grass-fed? More like ass-fed. <laughs> Give me the real shit. <laughs> the real shit? <laughs> it was ass-fed? Damn, that was good. That was a good joke, Bobby. That was a good joke. Hey, you know what I ate for breakfast this morning? What's that? The thing that I love more than any other breakfast in the world, Mexican breakfast. It's just so fucking good, man. And we're right on time. Right. You know what I think? I think we've replaced our pedophilia references with Mexican breakfast references. Until now. <laughs> there you go, Bobby. Boom. There's a twofer. This is a double feature. <laughs> it certainly is. No, I mean, this. I'll take the Pepsi challenge with any other breakfast out there. Like Mexican breakfast, it beats it. It just beats it all. It's like everything that you like for breakfast anyways. Like bacon and eggs. Yeah. And, and then like tortillas and salsa and cheese. Okay. And like delicious uh, potatoes, a lot of times. Yeah, beans. You know. Yeah, it's it, it's um it's an it's an upgraded version. It's breakfast two point right, 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 right. So you got your normal traditional American breakfast with bacon and eggs, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then we throw. Sometimes I put like chili con queso. Right, all can, over it. You can throw queso. Carne casada. Right, you can. Just throw- what was that Italian? That <laughs> was Italian. Carne casada. Carne guisada. Guisada. You gotta say the D like that. We like to celebrate all cultures. We do, especially Mexican food. I uh, co-opt other cultures' holidays, like we suggested in the last episode. We mm-hmm. said all our, all our friends out there, there are listeners that do not celebrate Thanksgiving. We give you permission to culturally you appropriate. Can, you Thanksgiving. can appropriate. We're going to unite the world in appropriation. Absolutely, that's that's what the Romans did. That's what Genghis Khan did. He did a lot of fucking. But yeah, Mexican breakfast. <laughs> <sighs> God. Are you are you at all Mexican? Are you Native American at all? Nah, I think I might be a Spaniard kind of, but no, I'm not Mexican at all. But you know who doesn't mind me eating Mexican breakfast? Who? The wonderful ladies at my local taquerias in Austin, Texas. Absolutely. They want us to eat the Mexican they want breakfast. Them, uh, they want our money. They want to feed us deliciousness. I did notice this, though. And also take our money. Um, they the would rather me speak English right. than broken Spanish because... <laughs> Their English is better than my broken Spanish, you, as bad as their English might be. Are you the dude that does that? Do you try to go in there and be like, I'm going to act like I'm part of, I understand, and I'm going to speak in bad Spanish. Dude, tonight. I go deep when it comes to the taquerias. <laughs> I go to the places where I walk in, and it's like it's like the scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he walks on the biker bar. They're like, who is this gringo? He doesn't belong. I'm like, yo, I love your culture and your food. Look, I just walk in, and everywhere I walk in, people look at me funny, and I'm like, give me the tacos, and they're like, okay, here's some tacos. But Mexican culture is so much more than just the food. We have uh, Richie Valens. Dude, those Aztecs and Mayans were bad. I'm a big fan of that uh, that part of history. Yeah, human sacrifice is great. We should do it more often nowadays. I can't wait till I'm in charge. I think it might balance out like the cosmos and like uh, keep the gods at bay. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They knew that. God, how good is Cabin in the Woods? It's good. Spoilers. It's... <laughs> It's got a unicorn death scene. If you ain't seen it, there's a unicorn death scene. So check it out. 
Yeah, yeah. So I had some Mexican breakfast, and it was it was amazing as always. So, people, if you don't know it, you need it. Come out here and get it, or don't. <laughs> I don't like that slogan. <laughs> That's actually good. That I'm makes gonna, me uncomfortable. I'm going to start using that one in my personal life. Are you reading your Tinder profile again? <laughs> no, I don't get many yeah, hits Yeah, come and thing. get it if you like it. If you don't, come and get it. Whatever you just <laughs> said. So I will say this. I'm, I'm happy that we're going to very soon get back to the regular programming because... Get back. Look, to our, our To Live and Die in LA episode was a, was a big hit. We got a solid like 50 listens. Did okay. we? It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a fucking great movie. I don't think a lot of people have covered it either. That's a fucking fantastic movie. I don't think many people give a shit about Firewalker, though. <sighs> but like you said at the beginning of this, uh, we're not doing it for you. We're doing it for You can come along us. for the ride if you want to. This is all a big vanity pageant. Yeah, and this, a lot of people like, you know, because I crack a lot of jokes, Bobby, and, and people were like, oh, your jokes aren't funny sometimes. I'm like, bitch. Who they, said that? I don't know. Somebody. And I'm like, they make me laugh. And look, if I'm laughing, that's all that I care about. If somebody else laughs at the joke that I'm making to make myself laugh, then fucking it's gravy on top, you know? Does that person have 50 listener podcasts? Don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. This, this is the little things that that's can validate thing. our existence. It, it's kind of like when we talk about, you know, when we were talking shit about David Fincher in Alien 3, how mm-hmm. much we hated that movie? Such a bad movie. I made the point in that episode where I was like, you know... As much as we can bitch about this, mm-hmm. neither of us have made a movie yet at all. At all, not even on like a, a video camera. I, I made some movies when I was a but kid. You know what I mean? With like, action figures. We're certainly not successful in Hollywood. <laughs> we never got uh, like we're going to give you a chance on the new uh, Alien franchise movie. Yeah, they haven't given us that shot. So yet. Th- the same principle applies to to a podcast. I think. Yeah, I think that with this podcast, it's totally going to get us to make Alien 32. I would encourage everyone who has a slight desire to do what we're doing, mm-hmm. put your own spin on it. Just fucking do it. Just do it. Who cares? Get a computer and some microphones. You know what I realized in my 30s? When you stop giving a shit about what other people think, life's a lot more liberating. You give a shit about what I think. That's because we're like brothers. We're like brothers. We're like sexy brothers. <laughs> I was going to say space brothers. <laughs> oh, there's those. Yeah, oh, so whenever I get to Adam's Corner, you're going to love what i got to talk about today. Do you want to go there now? Let's just do it. Let's just go into Adam's Corner. Okay, well, i got a Bobby's Corner after that. Okay, okay, you get your own fucking corner now, buddy. So uh, so, so here's what I've been thinking about a lot recently, because it's Brovember, and like, what's the most broest thing that I can think of? Beer bongs? Glam rock. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what it is. Something got me listening to Hedwig and the Angry Inch again. You ever seen that movie? Of course. That movie's fucking fantastic. Dude, the opening track on that movie is, I'm, I'm not even kidding, it's one of my favorite songs. Like It's, it's my pure, top 20 favorite it's song. It's pure rock and roll fury is what it is. That movie fucking rocks. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good songs. There's a good soundtrack I listen to. And so that got me into listening to other glam stuff, like uh, Velvet Goldmine. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, another great glam oh, yeah. movie. And oh, man, can we do Glamtober next year? Yep. We could do it. Fan of the Paradise. Booyah. Uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Yeah, baby. Uh, Labyrinth. <laughs> sure. Why the fuck not? So uh, I was listening to these soundtracks and like watching the movies and shit. And I started thinking, damn, I love like rock and roll movies. Like not musicals. I don't like musicals, but I like fucking rock and roll movies. Yeah, it's got to be a rock opera. Right. And I was talking to this, this female friend of mine. I was like, there's three movies I like that are musicals. There's Hedwig and the Angry Inch, there's Phantom of the Paradise, and there's Streets of Fire. Now, Thanksgiving night, I was proven wrong because there were a couple other movies I totally forgot about 
that are rock and roll movies that I love. Oklahoma? No. The Blues Brothers? Fucking duh. Yeah, but is that a musical? I mean, okay, is... is Yeah, fuck yeah, it's a musical. Good answer. Yeah. And then the other one, Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, my God. No, I never even saw that. That is a fucking abortion. Even with John Goodman in it, I'm not fucking watching it. John Goodman does not necessarily save a movie. (laughs) I know, that's true. They should. You think he should. I mean, that's why they've cast him in half the shit. Um, The other one is a more recent one, a different kind of rock and roll movie, per se, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yep. That movie's fantastic. I saw it once. I really liked it. Oh, dude, you gotta see it again. It's like the perfect combination of comic book, video game, rock and roll movie. Yeah, and it's it's just beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. I agree. So that came on on HBO like at two in the morning on fucking Money Thanksgiving, bags. right? And the next, right after that, Blues Brothers came on. I was like, oh shit, there's two other rock and roll movies I love. And so I was like, you know what we need to do, Bobby? It's like, hey son, sit down and watch this movie, Blues Brothers. Like, all right, Dad, I'll watch Blues Brothers if you watch my generation's Blues Brothers. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And they're both so fucking good. So I, I'm sorry, I do not consider Scott Pilgrim vs. the World to be comparable with Blues Brothers, but go ahead. In what way? I mean, they're not even in the same ballpark. They're both great fucking movies. So look, you, you just told me that you've seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World once. Yeah, once. I know, no, 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 no. But like, Blues Brothers is a fucking classic. It's a classic, sure, but this one's just a newer classic. Hey, that reminds me real quick. Let's go back in time for a second, uh-huh. and then we'll get back to what you were saying. Yeah, okay. It's really good. It's really good this week. I'm, not, I'm not bored at all. You're taking me. Out, you're taking me out of Adam's corner. You're taking me out of the just, corner. It's like okay, chase scene in To Live and Die in L.A. versus chase scene in Blues Brothers. What do you got? Oh, dude. Um, I mean, Blues Brothers has cars flying backwards upside down. Enough said. I say Blues Brothers. It, it has the Nazis falling from thirty thousand feet. I fucking hate <laughs> Illinois Nazis and Nazis in general. Hey, let me uh, let me set the record straight right now, real quick. Yeah. As much as we may be politically incorrect on the show, Absolutely. I, I fucking hate Nazis. All right, go ahead. Yeah, fuck those guys. They got good, good fucking s- nerds. I mean, like they had good uniforms, right? I mean, Lemmy says so. Lemmy says if Lemmy says so, it's got to be true. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so watching all these movies and listening to the soundtracks of all these rock and roll films made me realize I want to start a glam band. And then what happened? And then I brought that that idea to the attention of one of my best friends who's into glam as much as I am, Bobby. I'm more into glam rock than you are. <sighs> We're going to have a little fucking glam rock 101 session. Why is it record. always going to be like I'm more than you are at this? Why do you got to throw me a bone? It gets weird when you talk about how good of friends we are because <laughs> that's not what this dynamic's about. You were just so happy that I was not being an asshole to you before we started yeah, the podcast. Before you came over, I was like, hey, man, can you stop and get me um, a uh, energy drink, which I'm drinking right now. It's a fine Monster Energy Ultra Blue because I've been up all night flying home. And you wrote back, you wrote back, sure, buddy. And when I looked at it in my peripheral on my phone, I uh-huh. thought it said, fuck you. <laughs> but then I looked at it and said, sure. I'm like, what? what the he, fuck? Must, he must not be hungover. <laughs> That was a pretty good assessment. Pretty good assessment. I wasn't like lo- loathing coming over here today. So what happened when you when you had the idea to start a glam band because you're suddenly into glam? I don't know what's happening. Suddenly you like punk rock glam. all the time. Now you're into glam rock. Just kind of like fucking broadcast it to the world. And do you walk know why? In glitter heels like you. Doesn't I do mean have. I do have a T Rex T shirt. T Rex is badass. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what it was was I was talking to Ruben and he was saying that me and Izzy 
are really into glam. Izzy's my guitarist and also the guitarist and singer of Blackwater Revival, who's playing December 9th in San Marcos, Texas at the Kiva. Fucking hell of a band. And Ruben, the singer of the Belgraves, uh, he was like, you and Izzy are just all into glam, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah. Why is there disdain when he says that? Nah, it's just how he talks. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, cool, dude. I'll talk to Izzy about this. But I texted you first because you always reply to my texts mostly. And I said, dude, we should start a glam band. And then what did you tell me, Bobby? What did you tell me? I said, funny you should mention that. Uh-huh. A few nights ago, I did have a dream. Right. That you and I were in a band together. Uh-huh. And it Always was, been a dream of mine. Yeah. And it was a band. Should I say the title right now? Just say it. Space Junk. No. What the fuck? Space Trash. Space Junk. Space Trash. Space Trash. And we were in a band that was basically like a sci-fi Star Wars meets punk rock meets glam rock meets Mad Max style. Like, I had a mohawk with a patch on. Eye patch. And we all... Eye patch on. One patch. Mm -hmm. Not like a... Not like a patch. Yeah, like, not like a, not like a. Uh, people don't just assume patches are all eye patches. No, no, no. You're right. Not like a Sepultura back patch, <laughs> which are pretty badass. No, um, you can have that too, though. I'm good. Space Ultura. So, Space Trash was a band we were in. We 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 were we were we were space pirates on a junker ship. Yeah, and um, we sang glammy punk rock, and uh, that's about all I remember about it. I remember you were kind of the front man. You had like. Kind of a Jareth from Labyrinth meets the Road Warriors from WWF. With a clown face? Uh, sure, if you want. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyway, face. you go ahead. That's that's all I told I said, it's funny you mentioned Glam Bam, but here's here's the dream I had. And then it just, it, it the, the idea just exploded in my mind. So I told Izzy about this. Izzy's down like four flat tires. He's a hell of a guitarist. He wants to wear a top hat and have a long wig, lots of glitter. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fiasco, Bobby. It's going to be an extravaganza. So, uh, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking about space trash and, you know, I've already got some, some key plot elements takes place in the year 30,000. <laughs> I was thinking like, we could go with the year. Such a stupid year. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the Lord's year, the Lord's year of 30,000. The year of our Lord. 30,000. I was thinking we could go with like 3,000, but that's just like a thousand years. No, no, no. 30,000. Everything's been dystopianized, <laughs> yeah. but still technologically way more advanced. Way more advanced. It's like. So we're in a glam uh, uh, pirate punk band. Yeah. We're uh, junkers and we um, we are on a ship. There's lots of pillage in space booty. Yeah. We pillage the space booty, baby. Oh, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. What should the ship's name be? I don't know. Like something like the the ball crawler. I, I think know. it should be like a reference to a Bowie song or something. It probably should. The, like the SS Stardust, but something better than that. Yeah, something better than that. Something like uh, s Stardust. The, the stardust. There you go. That's it. Sorry, <laughs> gotta come up with something more creative. But that's that's what, that's stardust. Yeah, that's how do you spell that? There's no period on those first two s's. It's just three s's and tardust. Uh huh. Exactly. It's, it's gonna be a hell of a band. So yeah, that's that's what we're doing next, Bobby. We're getting into glam, uh, glam rock. I had an idea for a glam song called. Um, I haven't written it yet, but I just want to write a song where the chorus has. Some, the name of the song is "I Want to Make You Squeal." Oh. So you get on that. I'll get right on that. Is that Adam's Corner? Sure, that was Adam's Corner. The corner's done. It was all about glam and space. It's and all, it's, that was a hypothetical corner. That was a uh, that was a future corner. A future corner. 
from the year 30,000. I wish I had time to do all these projects. <laughs> we will, Bobby. This is between the podcast, my actual band, uh, my home life, and uh-huh. uh, my uh, uh, production and writing of Troll 2, the musical. But You haven't even started that. I got ideas. It's in my head right now. We need to make a Slayer musical. They they have that already. It's called Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we need to adapt it for the stage so we act out their songs slayer on broadway <laughs> slayer on it's broadway blood. hallelujah <laughs> that was terrible of you to even even joke around like that so listen it's a double feature right it's a double feature so we're gonna hold on oh i'm sorry it's bobby's corner let's go to bobby's let's corner, go to bobby's right. corner i'm sorry hey, a lot's happened to me in the i last didn't mean week. to cut you off there buddy um, so I went to I went back to New England this last week. Wow! With my, I can officially call her without being uh, facetious. My old lady, your old lady, got engaged this week. Oh, booyah! Bobby's getting married. We don't even need to talk about that because a lot of other things happened too. Wait, can I officiate the wedding? Absolutely not. You know what's funny about that? My sister, like you wrote that on my Facebook. You're like, can I officiate? My sister texted me. And she's like, do not let your clown. <laughs> She said, do not let your clown friend officiate the wedding. I was like, I got you, girl. Don't even worry about that. That's not happening. That's the greatest thing. I'm so glad that the response that was a, That was a sincere anxiety of my family. Mm, 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 mm. You, you met her once. I met her once. I made an impact. She's cute. Stop. <laughs> She's skinny me, lady version. I know. But this yeah, a- that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful a, gal. I spent a lot of time with you, Bobby. <laughs> Anyways, Bobby. But anyway, going. a lot of things happened. Um, first of all, um, we got to my future in-laws' house. Dun dun dun. And um, I went to bed early. This I saw the, that movie. It's called The Son-in-Law with the uh, with, with Polly Shore. Polly Shore. Yes, it was exactly like that. I was dressed as I was <laughs> dressed in like a pink fishnet <laughs> blouse. Were you wheezing any juice? I was wheezing juice, and I had an <laughs> Axl Rose bandana on. Space trash. <laughs> um, the first night we were there, the very first night we were there, and I'm cool with them, but regardless, I went to bed early before um, my girlfriend did, and um, I have a problem with snoring. Okay. You hate when people snore? No, 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 no. I snore. Oh, I have a you, bad problem. You I have get a those little problem. nasal strips or like, uh, she really wants me to get like a sleep apnea machine. I'm like, I'm not doing get that. Get the surgery, Bobby. Have them cut into not your brain. Not until I hit 350, I'm not getting it. <laughs> And it could be in the next year or so now that I'm comfortable. Now you're getting married. Yep. Now Pack on some pounds. Time to start eating. Yeah. You're stuck. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm in bed. I'm asleep before she even comes to bed. She comes to bed and... Kicks you because you're snoring? She likes to like very aggressively poke me right when I'm snoring mm-hmm. to be like, hey, because what happens is when I sleep on my back, I'm snoring. That's the only time I'm snoring. She's like, roll over. And usually I sleep on my side or on my stomach. And then I don't snore. But lately, uh, the older I get, and like I'm, I kind of job of the hutted. I just kind of like nice. lay there and like Talk. have my like neck fat like like suffocating me. Yeah, baby. And then I'm breathing through my nose, and it's very loud. <laughs> so she starts poking me very aggressively. <laughs> hey, turn over. And then I get like when people surprise me, or like when people um, uh, very abruptly, especially in sleep. Did like, you punch her? No, 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 no. I kind of like I kind of like I'm like all right fine and I like kind of do that thing where you like kind of wrap around with the sheets and you do a very like 
very aggressive, like turnover. Like you're in the three bed. years old. Yeah, and I did that, and then next thing I know, she's like, "Hey, you just broke the bed." This <laughs> is how you broke the bed. Yeah, I told you that I broke the bed. I didn't tell yeah. you how. I said what, and I I was like in this this like lucid stupor. I I I opened my eyes and I'm like looking at. I'll post a picture on the Instagram. We have an Instagram now. We have an Instagram now on the Instagram. So basically, um, I, I I split this piece of pine on this. She's like, "This is my stepmom's antique bed." Broke it. I'm like, "This is a fucking living nightmare right now." <laughs> I'm like, "I want to leave and never come back." I'm gonna go get a hotel. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it took it was such a weird transition from being asleep <laughs> and then realizing what was actually happening. Realizing your snoring caused the bed. This to thing break. was slanted like like a fucking like a fucking uh like a fucking uh, what's that guy? Some Roland Emmerich uh movie, like a earthquake just hit or something. Right. And uh I was like I was finally awake, I was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna i I'm I wanna kill myself. And then she's just like, I'm just gonna sleep because her side of the bed was still fine. She could still sleep in it. <laughs> And I was like, well, I can't sleep on this side of the bed. I don't, like, she rented the car. I can't just, like, go to the, uh, the uh, hotel or something. And that would be kind of weird. Wasn't anyway. there any couches in the house? Dude, I'm not just going to, like, sleep on their main room, living room couch and have them wake up. I didn't want to explain it to them. Right. Now, is this before or after you engaged? This was well before. This was, like, two, three days before. So she still said yes? <laughs> wow. Of course. Awesome. That is not a deal breaker. Right, right, right. You broke grandma's antique bed. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. So um, does worse every she's day. She's like, go home. sleep in the other room. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's <laughs> another room. And I went in the other room. And this fucking bed was like a goddamn, like, dollhouse. This bed was even older than the bed. Did we you sleeping. break it too? No, I wouldn't sleep on it because I was like, first of all, I feel like Goldilocks in the um, <laughs> in the smallest bear's bed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to risk. And there were no sheets on it either. I'm like, I'm not going to risk sleeping on this bed because it's just going to break. To break a second bed. I don't want to break a second bed. In this one, one like actually was an antique. Like I'm like, no. In one sitting. It was smaller than a twin. Sleeping. I'm like, my, my knees would hang off this. I'm six foot five, right? Yeah, you're real tall, Bobby. So anyway, I slept on the it. floor, and um, I woke up to her explaining it to her parents, and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, my dad gave me this weird look as if we were doing something else. I'm like, no, 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 we weren't. That's so what we I thought. Spent, we spent that morning, like, um, like uh, me and her dad had a moment. We were, like, disassembling <laughs> the bed and putting it in the basement. Wow. He was really cool about it, thank God. And uh, you know, she's like, they're like, oh, it's an old. I'm like, this bed doesn't have like your family crest on it. Like, this isn't like <laughs> you got some wood glue. <laughs> no, dude, I'll show you the picture. Wood glue would not help. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore, Bobby. I mean, don't don't wake this man beast up. Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the fucking bear. It'll break your bed. Swear to God. But true, um, true story. Anyway, so um, so that's that part of the night, or the the week. And then, I tell us say, about how you proposed. Was it just so sweet? No, 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 no. Hold on. Oh, thank. A God. lot of things happened. I got a lot to say okay, here. Okay, you don't got to tell me about that part. We went. Okay, so this is in Rhode Island. There's a lot of like old money there and old estates and mansions that you can tour, right? Yeah, Rhode Island's really small, but supposedly it's a state. That's true, and it's not an island, by the way. Oh. But we were in Newport, hmm. so this is where like all the reptilians live. This is where all the fucking Illuminati live, right? Oh, is it? Old money, man. Yeah, so it's yeah. really weird the way it's laid out. It's like you'll see these huge estates, and then like across the alley are these little like beach bungalows. Like there's no uh, what's it called, like uh, jurisdiction, I guess, or like uh, right. city planning, because it's all like from hundreds of years ago. 
they haven't changed rules in hundreds of years. Yeah, like they got like the Kennedys have a house out there. Taylor the, Swift has a house there. Okay, but we, like she really wanted to take me to like one of these uh, mansion tours that you can do. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like I'll go. Like I'm I'm not like I'm, like really into it, but I'll I'll go. I mean, it doesn't sound super uninteresting. Then we drove by this one one place called the Belmont Castle. Ooh. And we drove by it. She goes, oh, yeah, that place is supposed to be super haunted. The Belmont Castle? Like Simon Belmont? And they called it Castle in the 80s when they were trying to market it for people to come. It's not a castle at all, is it? Not really. But it was just some rich dude, like daddy's boy. He didn't really ever make anything of himself. He he just inherited a lot of money and, and bought this giant house. He was into horses, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, it's supposed to be super haunted, and I kind of looked it up. I think Taps was there, like the Ghost Hunter people. They did an episode on it. I thought you were talking about that movie with Gregory Hines. <laughs> no? No one ever references that one. <laughs> okay. So Continue. we got there, I'm like, oh, that'll be interesting. Like, that's yeah, cool. I want to go kind of like take some pictures, see if you can find some orbs maybe. But not, yeah, but not ghost like, orbs. Not put, I, I knew it wasn't like a ghost tour. Right. So we get there. And there is this family from Virginia there. And these people look like they they woke up, rolled around in a thrift store Goodwill uh, and, and just like oversized Virginia Tech hoodies, <laughs> southern accents, like <laughs> fucking wicked overbites, all that shit. I resemble that remark. And it about a third of the way through the tour, I realized that uh, these people were under the impression <laughs> Yeah. That they were on a ghost tour. <laughs> <laughs> really? They were chomping at the bit. Like, when are they gonna, when are they gonna talk about the ghosts? And so first off, we, we walk in this one room like about a quarter of the way through, and there's these chairs there, like these old school looking throne chairs. Nice. And the guy's like the dad's like, Are those the haunted chairs? <laughs> <laughs> it's like an haunted furniture. I'm like, this guy's saying what I want to say. <laughs> saying what I'm thinking. Are those the haunted chairs? And then the tour guide's like this wiry guy that's like very enthusiastic with a mustache. Uh And he's just like, no. Like, he had a lot to say, but when like you would approach him about the ghost shit, like he did not want to have anything to do. This wasn't his first rodeo when it came to fucking rednecks asking him about. Well, dude, if I was going to go to that place, that's all I would ask about. Right. I don't care about who fucking bought the thrones. I want to see who died in the throne. Is that that the blood throne there? Like, what the fuck, man? No. So apparently it was all haunted. Like, okay, so... Like they kept asking questions like that. Like, have you had have you had any experiences? <laughs> and the guy's just like, no, not me. Uh, nope. And he was really into like the actual history of the place. Like he could not give two shits about the ghost part of it. Right. And uh, y'all got the wrong tour guide. <laughs> so I'm saying, so, I want the ghost tour too. So I think these people were like kind of pissed off by the end of it. They're like, I thought they were. <laughs> I thought they were going to talk about ghosts. Did you like egg them on or anything? Like, no, I didn't. Well, there was one point where um, we were we were in like the bedroom, the original, like the the master's bedroom. Oh, the master. And then we went in the master's bathroom, and he the guy goes, "Is this the original toilet that the house came with?" <laughs> I love this guy. Oh, he's the worst. Oh, and the guy's like, awesome. "Actually, I think I think the guy was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to throw my bone." He's like, "Actually, I think it is." Wow. And then the only thing I said to him was like, hey, um, did you need to use it? And then I walked out of the room. 
Oh. And no one laughed. Um, it wasn't that funny now either. No, it's not now. It's not funny now. In hindsight, <laughs> I was kind of like uh, still half asleep <laughs> from sleeping on the floor after breaking the bed. Oh, this is the breaking the bed day? I believe so. All right. Um, you need to go to the late night tour of the, the Belmont. So castle. yeah, that was really- Wait, is it like Simon Belmont? Like B-E-L-M-O-N-T? I wish. No, it's not? It's not spelled like that? Oh, B-E-L-M-O-N-T, yeah. It's like fucking Simon Belmont, dude. There's like fucking Dracula's ghost in that shit. I'm fucking going. You'll be disappointed. I'm not going to go during the day. I'm no, jump there's the fence at night. It was a cool place, a cool tour, but like I just thought it was like the it made the tour that like there was the only other family that was with us was like this Virginia white trash family. I'm going to go there and like cosplay as Castlevania too, and be like, "Where are my quarters?" and have a whip. That guy, <laughs> tour guy's going to love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. By the end of the tour, like when it was wrapping up, they were like really grinding this guy. They were just like, so wait, have you had any experiences? Like, is it really haunted? And the guy's just like, dude, like this, I, no, like leave me alone. Right. Like I don't get paid for this. He does get paid for that. He gets paid to talk to people, make sure they have a good goddamn time, do your fucking job. Why do you, tour why, guest, do you need, why do you need ghosts to make something interesting? You know, really, It certainly helps. Do you really have to ask that question, Bobby? You're the guy who fucking watches Ghost Adventures and Finding oh, Bigfoot. God, I love that shit. Fucking shit's terrible. And then, uh, terrible. so that was really funny. And then, like, the next day, I got engaged. That was fun. Wonderful time. Yay. I'm very excited. You and sounded. then, uh-huh. the flight home last night. Oh, you're telling me about this earlier. So it's a, a dude bit. in the window seat, my girlfriend, and then me in the aisle. Exit row, we upgraded. Booyah. And this guy, I, I put my headphones in, and I'm, I'm watching Hellraiser 2. On Great my, fucking movie. I'm watching Hellraiser that 2. That doctor my, in that movie at the end where there's the big thing coming out of his head. It's very upsetting. He was like a marionette. He was like a puppet with a fucking... Oh, it's so good. Anyways, yeah, it's pretty good. Continue. I didn't finish it, actually. I haven't seen it in years. Okay. Not in years. Um, But I'm watching Hellraiser 2, and then I noticed that this guy's talking to my now fiance, and um, I take my headphones out, and he's talking about like... The global banking system. Oh, yeah, here we go. And how like North Korea and uh, and Iran and Iraq and Libya are the only people that aren't a part of the global banking system. Oh shit! And then I'm like, my ears perk up. I'm like, oh, I love shit like this because mm-hmm. I I love that stuff, but I'm also very skeptical. You love all the stupid conspiracy theories, but I'm shit. also very educated. But it's I know how to edu- critically think. Educated. And this guy was like talking like this. Nice guy. Nice guy. Oh, somebody who talks like this automatically ain't I got can, no education. And my girlfriend was being Bobby. very polite to this guy and, and really um, indulging him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew, though, that she was trying to put her headphones in to just, like, want this guy to shut the fuck up. And, like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. But I'm just, like, fueling the fire. I'm like, what do you think about uh, the alien agenda? And I was like, hey, man, is your pineal gland clean? Because that's how you can see spirits in other dimensions. He's just like fucking eating this shit up. You didn't say that. Oh, totally. You you told him about the pineal gland? Totally. (laughs) He's telling me about the Book of Enoch. I'm like, God damn, this is like the best. This is the this is like this is like. One in the morning on a flight. Too. This is like this is like red eye ancient aliens yes. conspiracy theorist. He's conversation. like he gave me all these books to read and shit, and uh, then he goes, you know, and it, it was totally like one of these test the waters things. But wait, I t- after you talked about reptilians and pineal glands, he had to test the water. No, I did bring up reptilians, and he was just like, they're not reptilians, but you know, they're there's something uh, there's something not right. There. 
He's like, he's talking about how the Bushes, the Cheneys, and the Obamas are all like uh, from the same bloodline and shit. I'm like, oh yeah, duh. The whole presidential uh, history of America, like, it's all the same and I'm bloodline. Like, Man, I want to like have this guy in the podcast. We're about to turn this into a whole different kind of podcast. But somebody told, like, something told me not to have this guy in the podcast. But we could because it's our podcast. I don't want him at my house. Yeah. Nice guy. Um, but it, it eventually, but nice. eventually, he brings up like um, he's, he goes, you know, some people even think that nine eleven was an inside inside job. And I thought in my head, I'm like, yeah, people like you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, it's a little fishy. Like, I've read into it. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. You know, it looks like a controlled demolition. And he's like, it's not a controlled demolition. I'll tell you what it was. There's a satellite in England that shoots a laser beam up into space. And if you watch it, it blows into dust just like a laser would. What? <laughs> And I almost was like, are you one of those hologram guys? One of the guys that think like the planes were holograms, but I, I digress. I, I decided That's not. a thing too? People think they oh, were yeah. holograms? Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. It goes Wait, deep. wait, it goes wait, wait, wait. Go back. There's a laser from England that goes into space. Satellite laser. Satellite laser. Yeah, dude. Okay. Go deep. Go deep with Wh- me. <laughs> okay, why would why would they need all that when they have airplanes? Because the global banking system needs a excuse to go into those countries that aren't a part of it the new world order and the globalist agenda and uh you know uh we're all uh, under surveillance and shit oh that oh, it all makes sense now duh yeah yeah totally god i should have seen it but um it was it, it teetered on like oh man i want to pick this guy's brains mixed with like i don't want to be really fucking friendly with this guy yeah he, you do bobby i don't want to know uh, he's a nice again nice guy just don't give him your real name I gave, I gave him my email. You gave him your email, Bobby? He wanted to send me a, co- a PDF file of the B- Book of Enoch. Did he send it to you? Not yet. I've been yeah, checking all morning. Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't, eventually- You don't want to know what's happening with that email. Eventually, he kind of- We You'll kind see. of like stopped talking, and I watched uh, some TV on my phone and stuff, and uh, it was just kind of like, nice talking to you when we left. So that happened. So I don't know if you've ever sat next to a- Oh, and I also realized that I was, I was, talk- I was saying things like- Unabomber on an airplane. <laughs> we were talking about 9-11 conspiracy theory on an airplane. On an airplane. And it just kind of stopped in my tracks. It's like, oh, like we better, like it's probably not cool to say this kind of shit. They're listening. Airplane. They're listening to us everywhere, Bobby. Well, it's just not like it's, you don't. I hope nobody's listening to this podcast. You don't broach those topics on, right. on a plane unless you want to get kicked off. <laughs> right. Anyway, he was a cool guy. I'd party with him if. Uh, he you know, wasn't at your house. If he didn't come yeah, if we house. wanted to meet like in Waco or something. <laughs> Of all places to meet. And that's Bobby's Corner. Oh, so you get a little theme song for Bobby's Corner now? You're I've fucking done Adam's to do, Corner theme song. So many, trying to outdo my shit? It's kind of nice that we're not bickering so Fuck much. you, huh? You fucking don't bring that shit up to me. So we're at 45, 44 minutes. Of gold. Probably 40 minutes after I edit this. Of gold. Tonight's films. For the finale of Brovember. <laughs> I do the explosion sound. What the f- I've been doing the explosion the whole time. This is the 14th episode of... Not for everyone. It's not for everyone. It's, it is the 14th episode, huh? We surpassed lucky number 13, and we're still here. I was going to say lucky number 14. <laughs> it's still lucky. You know what? I try to keep these around an hour to an hour and 15, but I think we might need to go until like an hour and a half. So oh, really? You're oh, welcome. Oh, fucking just cut this shit down, dude. Oh, it's all gold, though. Cut all this. So... Yeah. Let's do this first. Let's we, talk about the movies. Okay, it's a 1988 double feature. It's a 1988 double feature. They're both 1988. Yep. 
And the only reason we decided to combine these two is because the titles sound similar. This was actually the uh, the whole this this what we're doing now was the idea for Brovember came from this. These two movies. That's together. true. Walter Hill's 1988 Red Heat. Look, uh, just out of curiosity, how do you Soviets deal with all the tension and stress? Vodka. Police Captain Ivan Danko came from behind the Iron Curtain. Danko, you're welcome. <laughs> Hunting down his country's deadliest criminal. What did he do? He take a leak on the Kremlin wall or something? I need cooperation. Sure. Whatever you say, got me. Now, he's about to team up. Give me What do you say? He say, go and kiss your mother's behind. With the most unpredictable cop. How are you doing, honey? Drop dead. Thank you. On the streets of Chicago. You look like Marvin Hagler to me. I lost money on Hagler. Captain Delisa. He's got his own kind of style. Body language is a beautiful thing, isn't it? He's got no style at all. Chicago cop never relinquishes his weapon. Here. Rizik is a good cop. Police! And a total expert at fouling up. You did not make it, Victor. You kill a Chicago police officer, Chicago gets him first. I have my honor. With this much friction. I give up. This whole thing's very Russian. There's gotta be heat. I take care of this. Red heat. You know what we call this? This is called chicken. But you're not supposed to play with buttons. You ready to swerve? Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Belushi. In a Walter Hill film. Nice work, Gumby. Thank you. I didn't mean that. I know. Red Heat. And there you go. Walter Hill uh-huh. directed Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jim Belushi. Red Heat. Why don't you do me a favor and, and read the phenomenal IMDb description yeah, of yeah. Red Heat. Let's read what this movie's about. From Let's, 1988. 1988 action comedy crime. A tough Russian policeman is forced to partner up with a cocky Chicago police detective when he's sent to Chicago to apprehend a Georgian drug lord who killed his partner and fled the country. Now, before we jump into it, uh-huh. let's let's set the scene again. We've we've teased it in the past. You've done one before, but I want to do hazy history. Hazy history with Adam. So. What was going on post World War II? The mm-hmm. uh, the uh, turbulence between the United States and Russia, yeah, as they call it, the Cold War. Right, right. So this movie takes place in the Cold War, and what a lot of people don't know about that time in the world, it was getting really chilly out. The polar ice caps they were building up, the temperatures were dropping all over the world, and people were getting angry. They were mad about it. They're like, I want to fight. I want to fight somebody, but it's so cold. Let's just have a war. In the cold. And next thing you know, America's like, hey, I'm in. And Russia's like, it's always cold over here. We're in. And they were in a cold war for years. The end. So. <laughs> so that's how it happened. That's exactly accurate. It's Wikipedia. 
<laughs> you should <laughs> add that to Wikipedia. <laughs> I could go in there and do, I can put whatever I want on Wikipedia. So this is this is nineteen eighty eight. So this is right before the Berlin Wall fell. Right. And this is right after Rocky Four. Try and tear me down. And I swear to God, Adam, I'm not making this up. This mm-hmm. is the great American public school system. In ninth grade I took a geography class and a lot of times what happens in public schooling is when you get too close to contemporary times they run out of time to actually teach you what's going on in the world today. Sure. But this teacher, like, you know how you we used to have those, like, uh, what are they called? Transparencies to take notes off of? Yeah. They off put the little the, projectors? The projector on the, on the wall, yeah. It said, the Cold War. Watch Rocky Four. What, really? Yup. Are you fucking serious? This I was, was like, I think it was school? more complicated than Ivan Drago and fucking uh, uh, the robot from <laughs> remember the robot. Is that Rocky Four with the robot? Yeah, he did have his kid had a robot. He's like, hey, uh, kid, I'm not gonna be around, but there's a robot. Call him dad. <laughs> I'm, gonna was... be, I'm gonna be in Russia um, <laughs> training in the snow. I gotta go montage. All right, forget about it. Yeah, we're forget not about we're it. not here to talk about Rocky Four. That's for another podcast. We're talking about to talk uh, about the great Dolph Lundgren. I watched Red Heat this morning. I ate an entire box of cheese. At crackers at 7:30 a.m. to nice. prepare for this. I saw that box sitting out. I bet you did. So this stars again uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Belushi. Now Jim Belushi was honestly in the late 80s, early 90s, he was a bit of a draw back then. He was, I wouldn't say he was an A-list celebrity, but he had a lot of like starring films. Yeah. You have Mr. Destiny. Uh, you have The Principal. You have K9, another uh, dog cop movie. Uh, but the fact that he's the lesser fucking Belushi. John Belushi was very dead at this point. Very dead. And so the world wanted a Belushi. America wanted a Belushi. They're like, hey, he's got this brother, Jim. He's not as funny, but he'll, he'll do whatever we want for money. And he's a little skinnier. A little bit skinnier, a little bit taller. He's like if Elwood and Jake were the same guy. <laughs> that's, that's Jim Belushi. But we, we're coming off of Rocky Four, right? Which was a big uh, a big nail in the old uh, uh, Iron Curtain. Iron Curtain. Iron Curtain. I love the, the, just the, 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 the title, Iron Curtain. And this that almost, sounds fucking metal as fuck. It really does. And this almost se- seemed like a, hey, everybody should get along movie. <sighs> hey, we're all, we're all humans here. We're all, we're all uh, citizens on planet Earth, spaceship Earth. <sighs> It's probably a good idea. We needed to be united. That cold war, it, need, it warmed up around the world. We needed to come to an end. And so they tore down the wall, and the Cold War was over. But that was after this movie. So do like you do, Adam, and take me through what happens in Red Heat. Oh, Jesus. Red Heat. Okay, so this is a buddy comedy movie, supposedly, and it starts out in this Russian foundry. And we're like, wow, this is it's in the cold heart of Russia, and there's a, a factory where they're building things with machines. And then all of a sudden, it's not just a foundry. It's a fucking day spa where everybody's all buff and ripped and, like, working out. And I'm like, why are there naked men-ass everywhere, these chiseled naked men-ass? And then it showed a lot of girls. It showed naked girls swimming in a pool, and it showed some side boob and a good booty. I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. The opening sequence is one of the top ten most insane things I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And in in if the rest of the movie was like this... It would have been great. Right? Were you really optimistic after you watched the opening scene? After I watched the, like extremely homoerotic opening scene with Arnold fighting a man in the snow so, wearing a loincloth. Wait. Oh, you're getting out of yourself. <laughs> Arnold is... And by the way, Arnold is perfect for this role because he doesn't have to actually act. Um, I like when Arnold does act. 
I like Total Recall because Arnold has you can like understand his character and like see where his character is coming from. Yes. There is no relating with anybody in this fucking movie. Okay. Settle down. Mm. Again, ahead of yourself. Shut up, cat. So he walks through this spa this in Russia. Um, he approaches and confronts a uh, like a yoked uh, uh, Mongolian man, I guess. Yeah, he was totally Mongolian. I'm assuming he was Mongolian. Which, by the way, what's going on in Mongolia these days? Uh, nothing much is going on in Mongolia anymore. Okay, fair enough, because I don't hear about it at all. Um, it's no Tibet. He confronts the Mongolian man. He's looking for some sort of crime boss. And uh, the Mongolian man's like, uh, if you work with steel with your hands, you'll be able to hold this hot rock. Right, puts a hot rock in his he hand. Puts a hot rock in his hand, he, and, and Arnold grips it and just punches him through a stained glass window decks him through a window out in the snow where they proceed to get in a fist fight in the snow while wearing spa loincloths yeah now one of the guys he was fighting out in the snow is the guy from conan that yes. had the big hammer he's in a lot of stuff he's in a lot of arnold stuff he's just always some guy that fights with arnold no time to research that though. i love that guy i've seen him other things he's in tons of shit um, was it ever not snowing in the USSR during the Cold War? Cause it was very cold. We went over this. The curtain was cold. It was made out of iron. You'd think it'd warm up, but it doesn't. And maybe since the wall fell, somehow they got more sun now. Yeah, um, the humidity's come back. It's in more of a tropical climate up north. But before <laughs> that, I'm Arctic. convinced the entire <laughs> continent nation was covered in, in snow. That's why it was called the Cold War, Bobby. And then what happens? I don't know. And then, like, it cuts to New York and Larry Fishburne's there? Chicago. Wait, Chicago. We, not New York. We cut to Chicago with a beautiful boom, bad jazz music in Levi's Billboard, <sighs> the denim that ended the Cold War. Did it? Is that a thing? They always say, like, it, you know, it ended the Cold War. When, we gave, when, when everyone got Levi's and movies and Elvis Presley and pornography, you know. God bless America. Amen. Capitalism. What? Capitalism and tits. <laughs> I love them both. So the pillars of uh, functioning society. That's what I love about this country. <laughs> so we got Ivan. That's that's uh, Schwarzenegger. Ivan right? Danko. And this is a, uh, he is the iron fist of the Iron Curtain, right? Right, he totally is. He's a no-nonsense, no sense of humor. Here, mm. here, comes a, here comes a big word for you. He's very monosyllabic. It means he's a man of few words. You're dumb. So basically, he's a walking, barely talking Russian stereotype from the 1980s. Perfect role for uh, Arnold. No, you know what? You know what I loved is that um, Arnold's accent was fucking terrible. Uh, you know he why? He sounded so stupid as a Russian. He, he sounded so dumb. You know what? Because it was an Aus Austrian accent. Right. It was like I was like I was talking to Isaac. So I watched this movie with with Izzy and with Ruben. I actually watched both these movies. We actually did a double header and watched Red Heat and Dead Heat in a row. Uh, we probably should have led with Red Heat. But anyways, like we're watching this movie and we're just laughing at how bad his accent is like he's trying to sound like an American with a bad Russian accent. I don't think that's what like an Austrian Russian accent sounds like. Right. It's like I'm trying to sound American but also Russian. It's that was pretty good. It was fucking ridiculous, dude. The guy he's after gets escapes to Chicago. For Ed O'Ross. He's what, like a drug uh, lord or something? He's a he's a Georgian, and so we're watching it in like their subtitle, and he's he's like, "You're always trying to mess with the Georgians," <laughs> and he's like, "Why are you messing with my brother who's got a, a fake leg full of cocaine?" I mean, that's like totally stuff from Georgia. Go Falcons. Go Falcons. Like y'all coming over here, and I always remember that when I was a kid, I was like, "Wait, they're from Georgia? They don't sound like they're from Georgia. It's a different uh... different Georgia." 
different Georgia all Georgia altogether. too, as I like to call it. It was all part of Sovie's Union. Sovie's Union. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the whole time I'm thinking, he ends up in Chicago to chase after this guy, right? Right. I'm thinking that this is going to be kind of a fun buddy cop fish out of water story. And here's my defense. As, as, as flawed and uh, uh, mediocre as this film is, there's a few glimmers of, uh, of interesting approaches. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be some sort of fish out of water story. Um, but this guy does not give a fuck about American culture. No. Um, I'm, the whole time I'm waiting for Jim Belushi, who will talk about how they get introduced in a second here, I'm waiting for him to be like, be like, oh, you've never, uh, you've never had a Chicago dog before. I'm waiting for like a montage where they like take him to a Cubs game, and then they're riding around on segways. If it was now, and like seeing the city, and they're going by the Chicago Art Museum. No, none of that happens. No, there was none of that. Like, like getting to know you shit. This is a no nonsense guy. He does not give a shit about American culture. He's there to do his job. Um, so it's not. A fish out of water story. It's more of a water out of fish story, meaning that these Chicago cops that greet him are trying to figure out how to handle this guy on their own turf. Larry Fishburne and Peter Boyle co-star, which I thought was an interesting approach. And way hot Gina Gershon. Oh my God, she's such a fox. She's so fucking hot. In she this movie. still is. She's still oh, Gina Gershon. I love you. If you listen to this, I love you with all my heart. So he ends up in Chicago, and then what happens? Um, and then they go around, they're like shooting people. The fucking action is lame. The fucking gunfight sucked. The buddy comedy Wrong. part. There was no buddy comedy. Like, this was, okay, like this was what happened. There's executives sitting in a fucking room somewhere. And they're like, let's make a great movie. It's 1988. It's 1987. Let's put together a movie. This is really going to encapsulate the era. It's the Cold War. Let's, uh, let's make a, a Russian Right, and we're making American cop. They're cops from different worlds, and they're gonna come together, right? And for the Russian cop, we're gonna use Arnold, and and for the American cop, what was that guy from the Blues Brothers? John Belushi. And they're like, sir, John Belushi's dead. Oh damn, are there any other Belushi's? Yeah, he's got a little brother. Put him in the movie. And they decide to make this like action comedy fucking movie, and they totally forgot to put action or comedy in it. That's that's my biggest gripe. Is it's it sucked. I don't want to use the word tone deaf, but it can't decide if it wants to be like a cop comedy or like a gritty action cop thriller. Right. And it okay, if it was like a cop comedy, right? You'd be like it would be like Tango and Cash. Like at one point Tango and Cash like if Tango had got shot, Cash would have been like, "No, I'll avenge you." In this movie, even up to like the last scene like one of the last scenes where Belushi and Schwarzenegger pull their guns on each other. If John Belushi, Jim Belushi had gotten killed, Schwarzenegger wouldn't give him two shits. Like, these are buddy cops who don't give a fuck about each other at all. All right, let's back up for a second. Totally. So Jim Belushi is basically your snarky, cliche, blue-collar detective. He's no Joe Piscopo. He's always in hot water with his superiors. He was a loose cannon. He's every 80s cop fucking cliche that there is. And he gets very offended when the when the Russian drug lord guy uh, told him to kiss his mother's behind. Oh, God, that was such a stupid scene. What? I'm supposed to let that go? Like, come on, fucking Jim Belushi. Fuck you. Now, I know how you feel. Like, I'm not here to talk shit about this movie because I, I am. It. I, I hate I, it. It's not one of these ones that I'd be like, what, you've never seen Red Heat? Like, you got you got to see Red I Heat. I pushed this movie. I was the one who wanted to watch this. I thought it was going to be better than the other one. I had never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe on TBS for movies for guys who like movies. Yeah, I forgot about that shit. I, I, I honestly that. only think of Tango and Cash when I say that. And Red Heat was totally on there. I'm sure. I'm sure Red Heat was on there. Essentially, Jim Belushi's a fucking idiot. Um, he's profoundly uh, uh, a dumb, right? 
Um, he's he's never like engaged in what's going on. He's always distracted, right? He's always he's trying always to crack tr- one-liners, and the jokes all sucked. Okay, well, we'll talk about the next movie to talk about that. <laughs> Jim Belushi's very distracted. He's always like checking out the prostitutes' knockers. He's uh he's always like he's always bickering with like his uh, his ex-wife's ex-husband Was for he? no reason. Remember the guy? There's a scene with a guy from. This is way later in the movie. There's a guy from Wayne's World. The guy. Uh, yeah, the mustache guy. Mustache guy from Wayne's World. Right. That's his. That's his. Uh, his sister's ex-husband, and for some reason, his wife. He has information on their case. His or sister's ex-husband. And he's like, he's like confronting him about like money he owes her and blah blah blah. And like this has nothing to do with anything. They don't address it ever again. Nothing in that movie had anything to do with anything. I mean, I guess it all did. It was a I pretty thought, tight story. I thought when the action did happen, it was solid. Like, Wait, I okay. The gunfights were pretty okay. The gunfights were terrible, dude. Have you ever seen Commando? Have you ever fucking seen Predator? Okay, that's a pretty high bar to be. Dude, Arnold movies. Any fucking other Arnold movie. I think the reason they added the homoerotic fucking assless loincloth fight scene in the beginning was because the movie had no action whatsoever. They were like, we got to put something. We got to put something. We got to have Arnold kick somebody's ass. Let's do it in the snow with a loincloth. A nice hook. Yeah, that's that's how they got you in. And when I saw that, I was like, okay. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like really dudely, but I mean, I'll watch it. There's naked chicks. Let's see what goes on here. And then there was nothing like that ever again in the movie. And then the bad guy, like the key. What was with the fucking key? It was stupid. They never. Re- there, there's a MacGuffin. There was a terrible MacGuffin of this key, and it's like what, like a safe for all his riches or something? I guess so. And then like okay. they never really reveal it, do they? Remember the part where like Arnold's like dramatically grabbing the key on the ground? It's like, oh, the key. Let me reach for it. Oh, there's nobody else around, but I'm gonna reach for it all dramatically. Oh, I got the key. And then like he hides the key in like a light fixture, and then later on, Edo Ross. The bad guy knows exactly to break that light fixture to find the key. How did he know the key was there? It's so funny you mentioned that because I was like, you know, they probably originally wrote it as like he like digs around in the light in Mother fixture. Russia. Like, when you no, hide key, you hide key in light fixture. We need we need more action in this movie, so we'll have him punch the light fixture for no reason, rather than just reaching up there. How did he know it was in the light fixture? People get thrown through windows a lot in this movie. They got thrown through windows a lot in Firewalker too, and it didn't make it a good movie. That's a fair point, right? I want if look if I'm watching Arnold or if I'm watching Chuck Norris, I want to see more than a guy getting thrown through a fucking window as your example of action. Okay, there was a sweet fucking bus getting hit by a train and like two buses playing chicken at the end. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. You're you're making this sound to be like some sort of atrocious, offensive movie. I don't. It was think just it, boring and dull. And fucking, I love you, Walter Hill. I love Warriors. I love Streets of Fire is one of my favorite movies of all right. time. The Long Riders. Didn't amazing. he do Forty Eight Hours? Yeah, he did both Forty Eight. That's hours. a buddy. That's a top tier buddy. Right, top tier fucking buddy comedy. Top fucking notch. Like the two most interesting things in this movie, like completely fall flat, and one of them being. The whole like dichotomy between like how things are done in Russia versus how things are done in the United States. In Soviet Russia, plant waters you. So we have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ivan Drago, or whatever the fuck his name is. Ivan Danko. <laughs> Danko. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Try a little harder, screenwriters. I wrote it down. Um, he's going by his protocols, which is basically just interrogate and use violence if necessary, authoritarian you know, blah, blah, blah. Whereas he's dealing with like the bureaucracy and the legal protocol in the United States and Jim Belushi's over there like, you you gotta you gotta be more civilized than this, blah, blah, blah. There's a great scene with 
one of one of not for everyone's favorites, Brian James. Brian James. That scene like was like okay, like this is what this is what we need to focus on. You know what I was disappointed about? That was the only scene Brian James was in the fucking movie. He's explaining like what the Miranda rights are and how people criminals have rights in America, and like uh, Schwarzenegger's just like I don't give a fuck. Like, and yeah. then the other thing is like Peter Boyle plays like the police chief or whatever. And his motive is like, well, like we should just let him let this Russian guy do what he wants to do, so that you know it, our hands are clean and we can you know achieve what we need to achieve. Because yeah. hey, he's Russian. Like, what what are we what are we supposed to do about it? Yeah, and that was the thing. Like the the Peter Boyle like basically says at one point, like, well, we'll just let him go run amok, and then uh, you know if he fucks shit up, we'll blame Belushi. So, so that was one of the most interesting parts is like that that difference between, you know, uh, how things are done in Russia versus how things are done in America. And the other thing was like, I'm waiting for these guys to like find as turbulent as times were between the USSR and the USA. I'm waiting for these guys to find like some common ground or humanity. Never have like it kind of hints at it in the diner scene, though, at the very end. It's pretty where, much they, the where they exchange watches. No, 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 no. That's the very end. There's a diner scene where he's like Belushi's kind of like. Um, let me specify Jim Belushi, because <laughs> when you say Belushi, we don't want to just call him Belushi. It's not. The, it's not the Blues Brothers. It's guy. not Bumblebee Man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. But there's a scene where he's kind of like they're getting to know each other at this diner. He's just like you know like, was your dad a cop? Do you have any siblings? Do you have a girlfriend? And Arnold's just very again monosyllabic. He's just like yes, no. He died with the Nazis. My grandparents were killed by the Nazis. And you're just like, go here more. Like, let me get to know you people more. Create a fucking arc in this friendship. And it never really happens. Basically, Jim Belushi is the chauffeur. He's distracted all the time. He really contributes nothing to the whole situation other than driving him around. He does nothing in that movie. And he has a few witty quip one-liners. He has one-liners. I wouldn't say they were witty. And, and, And those are the two things that, like, could have elevated this movie so much better. But they they barely brush upon it. Yeah, like I said, it was a buddy comedy without the buddy comedy. It was an action movie without the action. Like the the bad guy, he like hires. He has these criminals that work for him, and then like those are his his like the Russian dudes bad guys throughout the whole thing. Like those were his lackeys, right? And then at one point at the end, he just betrays them for no reason. Like it didn't make any fucking sense. It was it was unnecessarily convoluted. Like the things that I will like let a movie's plot go for. Like, let's let it go. Like, okay, whatever. Sure, there was no character development, whatever. At least there was good action, right? It didn't have any of those things. Didn't have good action. It wasn't funny. The fucking characters never bonded as buddy cops. Like, right. it was just... It was a lot of setup and no execution. It was a snooze fest. It was a fucking snooze fest. I think it just didn't know whether it wanted to be a gritty crime drama, a commentary on uh, the Cold War, or a stupid 80s buddy cop movie. It couldn't decide which one it wanted to be, so it was neither. Exactly. So it did neither. But it had some it had some interesting exposition. It had some pretty solid action sequences, I would say. No, no. I give this a negative three stars out of 700. I give it a... Uh, what, what's our rating system? Wait, make something up. I give this uh, four uh, sickles on a... Uh, on a seven sickle scale scale all right so here's my final analysis of the, it not analysis but like my final critique it's like it just had so much more potential than it what, did what was actually executed you know why because it's a great premise it, it really is it's a great premise it had a belushi 
the lesser Belushi, sure, but it had a Belushi, and it had Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, and that it had a great fucking director. It could have been badass. It should have been badass. If it would have stayed that same tone and tug and cheekness of the first scene, we would have been having a, a great conversation right now. All right, let me ask you this: What's better, Red Heat or Kindergarten Cop? Kindergarten Cop all day. You know why? Because <laughs> it's fucking funny. The funny is funny. The funny wasn't funny in this. Really? Yeah, dude. There's some funny in that fucking it's movie. It's not a fairy. It's a ferret. <laughs> exactly. It's not a tumor. Dude, there's well, so that's many. Cliche. It, but it's a great line. And it's fucking lived on today. There's no lines from fucking Red Heat that people are still talking about, okay? You met this next film we watched with a little more resistance, I, which is the irony of all this. This is the irony. I was really hesitant to want to watch this movie. Again, 1988's Dead Heat. There's definitely something very weird going on here. Detective Roger Mortis has a problem. Detective Bigelow is bringing him back alive. We have something on the monitor, Captain. That's okay. Don't get up. Hold you not to get up. Now, he's got 12 hours to solve the toughest murder case of his career. His own. Dead heat. Dead heat. Now do me a favor and read this lame uh, IMDb description of it. It's really inaccurate, too. Two policemen are brought back to life to chase down supernatural criminals. Would you say, and I, I think the argument could be made that this is the first zomedy. It might be the first zomedy. No. Evil Dead 2 came out before this. Yeah, but... That's not a traditional zombie movie. Is this a traditional zombie movie? That's a good point. You know, like, if we're going to do a zombie comedy, I was probably done before this. I can't say that this is any kind of groundbreaking film, but fuck, is it entertaining. Give me the synopsis. The synopsis is this. There's these two cops, right? And they're actual buddy cops. They're partners. They cruise around a red Cadillac, and one of them dresses all, like, fancy. It's a Treat Williams. It's played by Treat Williams. Treat Williams. Bill Pullman with eyebrows. Exactly. And the other guy is, like, like Lou Reed as a jock. Uh, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. Uh, the guy that didn't have a career after this movie. Yeah, and so these are the cops. Like, you know 80s cop movies? There's, like, there's always the two cops. Cops are the special cops. And they drive around in some hot rod car. They don't have a fucking police cruiser. They don't dress like they're the cops. It's these guys. So anyways, they're both kind of loose cannons. Treat Williams is a more by-the-book kind of guy. They're getting called to a, a, a criminal activity in process. It's the cash and bash gang, right? And what they're doing is they're robbing a jewelry store. 
So they show up and these guys are just crazy. They're getting plugged like 30 times. It's like there's a fucking hell of a gunfight right off the bat where they're just mowing people down left and right and they keep shooting them and they won't fall. And they hit them with the car even? Dude, do you remember the part where they hit that dude? That was a badass effect. That was the fucking shit. Anyways, these 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 guys, these criminals, they turned out to be zombies because they were the living dead. <laughs> they were undead. And so then... You want me to keep going? Yeah, go ahead. They're chasing them down. They chase down the leads, and they go to this facility, which is a science facility. And the guy who was uh, who was who was watching the the door was just sitting there reading the Penthouse magazine. I used to love Penthouse. Remember, it'd be like pictures of your wife that you'd send in to Penthouse. Remember that part of the magazine? Ah, uh, the good old days. The good old days. So, anyways, there's a, they they find out that there's a secret laboratory underground that making zombies or something. And then Treat Williams gets thrown into a decompression chamber and they suck all the air out of him. He gets Dr. Manhattan real bad. He gets dead. And so then they go underground and they're like, well, there's this big machine. What does this big machine do? I don't know. Maybe it resuscitates dead bodies. Let's put Treat Williams' corpse on there and turn him back alive. This is, I, I do love this. I just this is no- like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, too. I just noticed this. Treat Williams' character's name is Roger Mortis. Mortis. Roger Mortis in the fucking... Brilliant. It's so brilliant. The fucking place they have to go is Dante Laboratories. Like, it's so on the nose, dude. Like it's, In the best way. Uh, in the best campy, cheesy buddy cop way. Okay, Zombie so buddy cop movie. Treat Williams is... This is what I love about this movie. One of the things. One of the many things. Treat Williams' is ex-girlfriend, I guess... Yeah, the coroner, yeah, yeah, corny, yeah. coronary, yeah, is that what they're called? The coroner, the lady that does autopsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the body cutting chick. So after all the shit went down at this like weird think tank that's run by Vincent Price of all people. Oh, don't even get me. Started. I haven't even gotten to Vincent Price yet. Okay, but that's my fucking hero. They dude. discover this machine that uh, reanimates dead bodies. There's a fucking zombie machine, dude. There's a zombie machine. This that's like oh. we could end on that. Oh no, 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 we couldn't. Because this movie is so fucking good beyond that. Can I tell you what that zombie machine can do? Sure. Bro, the part where there he's already dead, right? He's already back. He's a zombie cop. Now, it turns out he has like 12 hours to live. Like his, his coroner girlfriend, like, because she's a fucking expert on this. Like, well, we did the test and apparently you have 12 hours until your body totally decomposes. And the zombie criminals look fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. They look fucking cool. Like, they're all melty-faced and fucking weird and, like, playing it up and shit. Zombies with machine guns is badass. Oh, yeah. So uh, so uh, they go to these Chinese place, right, because they're trying to find the lead. And one of the Chinese guys there is Professor Toru Tanaka. Now, this scene is is to this movie as the bar scene in Near Dark is to Near Dark. It absolutely is. Because in this scene, in this Asian butcher shop, they turn on the zombie machine. And every fucking piece of dead food comes alive. And it's coming out of one of those, like, it's like lightning coming out of those oriental lamps. It was like all big trouble, little style, style, green fucking lightning style. And there's, like, dead sardines flopping around. There's dead gooses attacking people. A guy, Treat Williams, got attacked by a stake. This has one of the most, like, underrated uh, practical effects and puppetry and, like, zombie uh, visuals it's amazing of the 1980s it really is fucking amazing this is why I love about 80s horror compared to today's horror because nowadays the fucking zombie side of beef the zombie fucking cow corpse there's just a chunk of dead huge cow that's zombified and tries to eat him that all be CG now but somebody made that shit dude that fucking zombie butcher scene it was it was magnificent 
That's yeah. the whole reason I watch movies, Bobby. Well, that that's the point in the movie where, again, like near dark, like when you see that scene, you're like, this movie's pretty fucking badass. Um, but going yeah, back amazing. a little bit, when they first discover the zombie machine in this like weird uh, lab, I guess, mm-hmm. we have the coronary girlfriend. I don't remember her name. I don't remember who plays her. Coroner. Her the hair was all awful. The woman's hair looked terrible in this movie. The women are like are like six point fives. Yeah, like solid six. They're hot, like eighties gals, but nothing. It was the hair is what turned me off. Um, this is what I love. Like you Dye see this in purple. a lot of movies in this era is like someone that's like vaguely informed on this type of field. All they got to do is clack a few keystrokes on the old uh, <laughs> zombie the old making on, machine uh, computer. <laughs> Clearly not a lot of security on this <laughs> computer. It was so and easy. She for suddenly him. is able to express everything that's going on with this machine. She's like, oh my God, this reanimates. Goes so yeah, like this woman just uh, just few keystrokes. She knows exactly what's going Clickety on. Clickety clack. Oh look, I know how to tur- bring a zombie back to life from the dead. Uh huh. Dude, the zombie machine, the zombie stake, a tap tree. There's a scene where he's fighting with a stake on his face and has to throw it. And that zombie butcher scene, I want to watch that over and over and over. Again. Oh yeah, it's great. And there was the girl who was like, okay, so the other female character in the movie for plot exposition was the tour guide of the Dante Laboratories. I liked her. And she's like, I don't know nothing. I'm just a tour guide here. And, oh, wait a second. My father is really this scientist, this brilliant scientist who died, who's played by Vincent Price. And I was like, fuck it, Vinnie Price is in this shit? And then she's like, oh, wait, maybe I do know more than what I was going on with. And then my favorite scene with her, right? Want to hear my favorite scene with this character? Who's really the character who's keeping the plot going of, like, where do you got to go next? Like, what's the lead we have to follow? All of a sudden, she's in the bathroom, and she takes a shower. It's just her and Treat Williams at the house. Apparently, Joe Piscopo got drowned upside down in a fish tank. Joe Piscopo and Jim Belushi were the same fucking character in these Wrong. Movies. They were the same fucking guy. Piscopo's dialogue is, like, cringingly bad. Joe, Jim Belushi's wasn't better. No, it definitely was. Not by much, but... Um, Piscopo in this movie is, again, your fucking man's man, blue-collar detective, not-by-the-books guy... Um, he's, he's a loose cannon. He's hungry all the time. He's always talking about That's sports. And he's boobs. distracted. Yeah. Um, uh, my Him and Jim Belushi were the like, same yeah. They're walking into the library. He goes, oh, so this is what a library looks like. Never seen one of these things from the inside. And you're like, uh-huh. I know. Jim, Joe Piscopo was the worst thing about this movie. Sadly, yes. Easily. And I don't hate Joe Piscopo, but it was just, it could have been fine without him, to be honest. I didn't understand how one scene he's like, okay, he's doing something. The next scene, like, he's at a house drowned upside down in a fish tank, which was cool. I like Joe Piscopo, but the character was not my favorite. So, anyways, the scene I'm talking about, my favorite scene with the blonde haired exposition chick, is uh, she just takes a shower. And because people are really rapey in the 80s, I guess, Treat Williams, like, walks into the room that she's at. This is the protagonist, by the way. Sitting there in a towel, right? And she's like, I'm sorry, I lied to you, blah, 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 blah. Something about medicine. Like, I, I'm dead too. I'm just like you. They rejuvenated me and then they made me like, you know, I had to do all this stuff. And we're like, okay. And so me and like me and Isaac are sitting there watching it and we're like, okay, so like she's got the medicine, right? That that make that unzombifies you. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, she's gonna be okay. 
And then like she looks at her hand, her hand just starts rapidly decaying, right? Yeah. It just starts melting away. And we're like, okay, cool. She's about to take the shot or take the fucking pill or something. And then like she looks at Treat Williams and half of her face is just dripping. And then they cut away back to Treat Williams or whatever else. And you're like, holy shit. And then they cut back and then there's and her, more shit. And then her arm just fucking melts off. It fucking melts off. And then her whole body just disintegrates and falls apart. And her fucking head falls off. And her head, like without a body, it's like, I'm sorry. And then the whole skull melts. The, the skull like starts to melt. And you think like, oh, God, that was an awesome practical effects. And then it cuts back. And then the skull's like foaming. It just keeps going. And then it cuts going. away. And then it comes back. And like the skull's like li- literally melting. Like like in, in I don't know. I just remember like. It they, turned into a puddle. They up the ante like when you think it's over. And you're like, oh, my God, give me more. Give me more. And then they do. It was fucking badass. And for me, I'm like, wait, wait, that that character just melted? So wait, she's gone? Yeah. Like she was like the pushing the story forward and she's gone, right? And the next scene you find, this is after Joe Piscopo, one of the heroes is dead. And then you find out the coroner chick got killed. They killed her off screen too. Like she's fucking dead. There were no rules in the 80s. There were no formulas. There were no action beats that were timed. There was no focus groups that really honed in the <laughs> statistics of how often do we need this they said hey who's big right now joe piscopo and uh tree williams Tree Williams. cool what else is big ah zombies i guess and also buddy cop movies like all right cool make that movie and we'll give you money and then they did and they they nailed it they fucking hit this one out of the park bro and then vincent fucking price oh my god vincent fucking price was in it and i thought oh vincent price doesn't have a shitty cameo turns out he was a bad guy the whole time he was the zombie maker. I mean, of course, he's fucking Vincent Price, you know? And he goes in this long, awesome, bad guy exposition at the end. And I'm sitting there talking to Izzy. I'm like, dude, like, he just melted his daughter. Like, he's mm-hmm. cool with his daughter getting melted. Like, this dude's a bad guy. Let's talk about Treat Williams' arc in this because he, again, like you said, he's a by-the-books cop in the yep, beginning. Yep. By the end of it, he's like this like decaying zombie with machine guns. He's a zombie super cop. And he's a total badass. When he gets blown up and he looks, he comes out and he's just all fried and looks like a fucking punk rock zombie super cop? He turns into what Joe Piscopo thinks he is in this movie. Yes, yes. And he's just got like, he's just fucking blowing everybody the fuck away. Remember the scene where they're like, he's in the lab at the end. And there's another zombie guy that's got a machine gun. And they're just straight up mowing into each other with machine guns. Just stand there, just like fucking four feet away from each other. Just unloading machine guns into each other. And there's blood everywhere. God damn, that movie's good. God damn. I'm glad we ended on this one. <laughs> I wish I had watched Red Heat before I watched it. We Dead had Heat. a lot of peaks and valleys in this this month's Brovember celebration. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would I would honestly say as far as the appropriateness and and what this podcast is about I mean I think I think Dead Heat's the clear winner. De- clear winner. Clear. It had everything you need. It had a stereotypical angry black police sergeant, their chief or whatever who was only in one scene to chew him out, yep. you know, that guy was there. Um it had the actual like these guys were buddies. And they were there for each other, which is what a buddy cop movie should be about. You not, know? Um, not a here's a watch. Yeah, oh, we're friends now. Go yeah. back to Russia. Yeah, yeah. My watch is more expensive than your fucking Jackoff fest. Whatever. Like the fucking Joe Piscopo was terrible. Jim Belushi was terrible. They were both terrible in it. Whatever. But it was fucking. Great. It was entertaining as shit. Right. And that's, and that's what we want. And then you know what happens right at the end? Joe Piscopo got drowned in the fish tank. Vincent Price was making an example uh, to bring one of these zombies back. And he acts like he just drank the blood of the collie. 
And he brought back Joe Piscopo from the dead. Let me talk about that for a second. Yeah. He brought him back. Mm Mm-hmm. This took out. This Joe took Piscopo out was ripped in this movie. He's like, hey, uh, what's his name? What's uh, Joe Piscopo's name in this movie? Bigelow. Bigelow, Bigelow it's me. It's your partner, uh, Treat Williams or whatever. Um, um, Roger Ro- Mortis. Roger Mortis. Like, like, he's, like, he's like, he can't get him to like break the spell. Of him because the of bad guy was like, because the bad guy he's like, like, he's been dead for too long. So now he's a mindless zombie and does what I tell him. And you know how he gets him back? He references a terrible, terrible fucking joke that Joe Piscopo made earlier. Yeah, he's like, hey, you remember we made this joke like three hours ago? Like, hey, it's you. And that's how, that's how... Uh, breaks the spell. Abs- self-absorbed and, and, and horribly, for no good reason, vain Joe, Joe Piscopo's character is, is because what breaks the spell is this terrible fucking one-liner that's referenced earlier hey, in the movie. Hey, if I was a zombie and you remind me of one of my own bad jokes, it'd probably break the spell. Uh, fair enough. Probably fair enough. would work for me too. So uh, I say, yeah, don't don't watch Red Heat. Definitely watch Dead Heat. That's the clear winner of this year's uh, clear November. And here's the thing too. Uh, something else I wanted to mention. Um, and I read, I was because I was reading IMDb afterwards, like the funny facts or whatever. They wanted to make a Dead Heat too, and the writers like, dude, every main character died mm-hmm. because Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo They're were dead. these zombies, right? But these zombies decay and de- turn into nothing after 12 hours. Right. So 12 hours out, they're fucking done. Like, you walk out of this movie, everybody fucking dies in this movie. It's great. I got I to gotta tip my hat to folks that, that realize that they're zombies, but still have the desire to do their job. Right, because the other zombies like, are you like... You have four hours to live. He's like, well, I got to track down the guy that did this to me. Yeah, but you know what? There's a scene where they're like sitting in the library reading newspapers. Like, when they go to the library, I'm like, dude, you got like 12 hours to live. Like... I wouldn't. Let's wrap this up. I, <laughs> Not this. The you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm trying to make a point. Yeah, like they, they. I wouldn't be spending any time in the movie if I was a zombie and I only had 12 hours to live. I mean, unfortunately, I was thinking for him, like his heart's not beating, so he probably can't get it up, so he can't go fuck anything. I did think about that, which is what I would do with my last 12 hours. That's just me. And that's <laughs> dead heat. Dead heat's a winner. Dead heat. Joe Piscopo, you fucking won something. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Piscopo, thank you for being in that movie. What the fuck You're happened to Joe Piscopo? Lucky, lucky. I was, you know, I was going to do a little more research, but then you came over earlier than I thought. I was like, yeah. The what fuck the it, fuck happened to Treat Williams, too? I don't know. Both if, those guys are gone. Please comment in the comments. Hey, what J- happened to Joe Piscopo? Hey, Joe Piscopo, Treat Williams, if you're listening, what, what, are, what are you guys up what to? What big fans are you? You know, Joe Piscopo, you look like a Simpsons character. You look like young Grandpa Simpson. How's the uh, Best Buy gig treating you? <laughs> <laughs> the only movie that I would go out of my way to ever watch again from this month is To Live and Die in L.A. Yep. and Dead Heat. Yep. Nice sandwich, nice bookends we there. Everything it. in the middle was pretty uh, shitty. It was like a it was like a big man. It was passable. It was passable. Um I I do still think that to live and die in LA is a better film. Oh yeah, that's a better made like legitimate film. Yeah. I mean for schlocky horror with fucking zombie criminals. Dead heat. Dead heat. I mean, for any schlocky horror with zombie criminals, like Dead Heat beats them, probably. It's the, it, there's no other movie like it, I'll say that. Okay. Um, next month. Next month is we're wrestling with the holidays. We're going to be wrestling with the holidays, and I think you can draw some conclusions as to what that's going to consist of. There's a couple movies we're going to watch. It's just going to be sound clips of us like wrestling each other in the background, and then like jingle bells ringing as well. Yeah, we should do that. And then just the sound of us like tumbling over like like packages wrapped in Christmas. Paper Let's go wrestle, and, like, Bobby. 
Let's go wrestle. Let's go play like the first scene of Red Heat. You got the loincloths? <laughs> My girlfriend comes there. She's like, what are you guys doing? Like, ah, oh, it's for the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> you, you're messing up the uh, the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're on Instagram. We're now on Instagram. Not forever. I, I, I toyed with, uh, should I have underscores? Should I have periods? Should I have it? I tried to capitalize something. It's just not for everyone podcast. Just one word on Instagram. We're on Facebook. I'm going to pay more attention to the Instagram because I seem like... That's more of our uh, our uh, audiences. On People there. like it, so go like that. Go follow me on Twitter at Pinball Bobby. You can follow me on Instagram at Pinball Bobby. You can follow Adam on Instagram at Von Arnt Thirteen. And again, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Not For Everyone Podcast. Um, and it's uh, it's fun. It's uh, funny memes. Sometimes we make them. Sometimes we find them. Sometimes it's uh, updates on uh, what's going on in the world of NFE. I really don't do nothing about it. But what I really like is that you put up pictures of Kurt Russell every day. Oh yeah, hashtag Daily Kurt Russell every Daily single Kurt day. Russell. As long as I don't get bored and complacent, and everyone seems to like it, I'm 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 posting a picture of of Kurt Russell, greatest American actor ever lived. Oh yeah, I mean arguably, Vincent Price is a good. Vincent Price is a hero of mine. I, you know, what I love about Vincent Price is like back in the day when he was making movies, like he was always the bad guy, but he was top build. Mm-hmm. It was like the bad guy was the main character. I fucking love that. We need to go back to that. So space uh, trash, space trash again next month. Wrestling with the holidays. January we're doing audience recommendations. I am playing with my band Strange Gun December this weekend, this Saturday, which is. December second. Second. Where are you playing? I don't have anything going uh, I on. I still might go. don't know the name of the venue. Fuck. I might not go. Um. I'm not playing till like almost New Year. Look us. Up, look us up on, on it's Facebook. Good because who's there? I got a video game I'm going to play for for the month of November. Wait, December. Play play Xenoblade Chronicles two on the Nintendo Switch. And that concludes episode fourteen of Not for Everyone. It's not for everyone. And, and then I'm gonna um, I got Doom still I beat Doom and when you get to the end of Doom it's this giant fucking like I was saying a giant brain with spider legs shooting fucking lasers that's what I want in a first person shooter and Doom gave it to me and I blew that fucking